website's done. Oops, that was a short show. It's, a, it's 1159 at Radio Free America, and this is Uncle Sam with music and the truth until dawn. Right now, I've got a few words for some of our brothers and sisters in the occupied zone. The chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this is your song. <laughs> hey, welcome, everybody, to our Daily Gun Show. Come to you every weekday evening at midnight. I guess night at midnight. I'll uh, just talk about guns for an hour, and I'm going to start out the show today by focusing on our intro. We use that intro every single show, so it's been 600 and almost, I don't know, 650-something shows, 60 shows, I don't know where at. 600-something shows, though, we use that same intro, um, and that's because it's from a cool movie, but I really think it's important. It's about a bunch of people who are doing what needs to be done in order to fight tyranny or uh, oppression, and, uh, and it's them getting information. And that's hopefully what we're doing in this show is we're uh, informing and educating, encouraging, and hopefully helping people who have an interest in fighting the tyranny or the perceived tyranny or the or whatever uh, you see as a potential for oppression. And uh, in whatever aspect that might be, we're two-way, so usually we are worrying about uh, infringements on the rights preserved by our Second Amendment. But it's also about information. It's also about that group of resistance fighters who are learning finally about what's going on out there. And it can be something that people don't think about. We think about our equipment. We think about our skills sometimes. Ideally, you think about your mindset in a, in a tense situation. Uh, some ways, you know, we talk about things as a community to be prepared for those altercations and for those struggles and fights. But we don't often talk about the the information that might, you know, even in a, in, a, in a single situation with two individuals, a lethal force incident, having a cell phone, you know, knowing who to call, when to call 911, how to react to the operator, uh, to your insurance if you've got it, to the, the officers that respond. All of those things are interesting and hopefully uh, bigger, more important uh, scope than whatever the media is feeding us right now. We're talking about this or that, depending on what the major news uh, letters, you know, the, the abbreviations that seems like they're all on lockstep. They're all sending out the disseminating the same information and the show is designed to be an alternative to that and uh, resistance to that. So that's why we picked that opening scene. It's also from Red Dawn, which is a pretty good movie. So um, we've got people joining us tonight. Dead Horse coming in from Utah. Thanks for joining. Howdy. Got a uh, Taters jumping in from Michigan. Thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks for having me. Bet. And then uh, Snob, Gun Snob's coming in from Oklahoma. Thanks for jumping in. Yep, thanks for the invite, sir. But there's other links out there. See, Angelina finally showed up on the Gun Channel side. Throw her a link. And we've got some other links out there to Alice and Honoree, some people that don't show up some days. And then Sandhills, I saw him out there, but he said he's heading to bed. Um, we do the show late, but anybody's welcome to jump in. Not everybody. Most people are welcome to jump in and be part of the conversation. That's what it's all about. So uh, tonight is Wednesday, so it's entertainment day. And I got pickups now. I'm drinking a soda, but I don't have my notes open, so I'm grabbing those. We're going to talk about the best movie starring the 1911. So, you know, regular people probably think about what actors are in movies, but those of us who are more informed... You know, we, we sort our movies by what guns are in them, right? So, uh, 
we're going to talk about what movie does the best movie starting the 1911. We can talk about some gun books after a little while. We're not going to do a member of the day. Instead, we're going to feature a podcast out there. And then uh, uh, we're going to talk about a gun shop of the day. But I figured I'd also start this thing out because I don't do this stuff enough with a bit of a commercial or a bit of a uh, plug, I guess. Uh, another reason we use the uh, intro segment that we do is because it's a herald back, is that the way you say it, to uh, the resistance of World War II. So the French resistance, people that were uh, under um, oppression by the Nazis, uh, were fighting back. You know, as an individual, it's difficult to fight back against a you know, platoon of Nazis. So uh, they did so clandestine. And they did so with the help of uh, uh, operatives from you know, the Allies who would sneak in, uh, usually in disguise with no uniforms, clandestine stuff. They'd make arrangements, and then they'd have these call signs that would be uh, spoken over the radio-free transmissions that were broadcast through war zones. And they were coded, and they would be calls to action, or they would be um, info or updates or you know, some sort of... A, a, I don't know, answer to a plan. A lot of them would be red herrings that the Nazis didn't know what was going on. So uh, two of them that are used in the Red Dawn are John has a long mustache and the chairs against the wall. Well, John has a long mustache is the one from the actual movie Longest Day, right? I believe so in the real movie. And I think that movie actually took real call signs. So I'm pretty sure what John has a long mustache is a real one from World War II. But the chairs against the wall. That is a real one. Which one? John has a long, long mustache. Was French and was a real one. Yeah. So that one is like a literal call to you know uh, what was a nod to the real resistance fighters in the in France. Uh, Chairs against the wall, though, I think is more of uh, something that he came up with. I'd love to talk to Milius and find out because he wrote the movie. I'm sure he wrote that there for a reason. Uh, but the chairs against the wall has become uh, a similar call. And unlike the zombie thing, I don't know if people have ever thought about the zombie thing. You know, that zombie thing comes from preppers, comes from Y2K, and then beyond, before that, survivalists. And the idea that you have strife or you have the end of rule of law, however you want to call like shit hits the fan, you have a, a situation where there's chaos, basically. What you're going to find is a bunch of people who aren't prepared are going to become very needy and as soon as they're hungry they're going to become very violent and needy and they're going to have very little training or skills or experience or gear and they're just going to run around like desperate people doing desperate things in order to literally just eat and potentially to ease pain or whatever it might be right so uh knowing that when someone is actually putting some effort into thinking about what the world might be like if all of a sudden are established you know, systems of distribution end, and there isn't just magically food in a cold box where you need it, um, things are going to get crazy. And one of the ways that people started to conceptualize that or talk about it with like a wink and a nod was to talk about the zombie apocalypse. And then that turned into stupid TV show crap. And then a bunch of people just started painting everything yellow and it became cartoonized. But uh, anyway, I think that the chair against the wall is a more subtle way to remember the core point there that people who are preparing people that are thinking about potentials both good and bad that are responsible enough to feel the obligation for themselves and their family to be aware of like you know the diverse amount of shit that might happen 
um, it's a way to, to kind of nod to the, we're not looking forward to it. We certainly are going to do everything we can to avoid it. On the other hand, we're not, there, there's lines that we're going to draw, hopefully. And, you know, there's certain things we're not going to concede to, we're not going to compromise for. And if they get to that point, the chair's against the fucking wall. And uh, we've seen it a couple of times in real life, I think. Uh, people might disagree with me, but Bundy Ranch was an example of, I think, uh, armed, nonviolent, polite FBU to the infringements, to, to uh, overreach, to bureaucracy and thugs. And it was done in a way that was significantly, uh, what would you call it, like, you know, there was, there was significant resistance there, but it was in ultimate restraint. And, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, that was necessary. And I know that our government that had to echo with the government the same way Ruby Ridge and Waco might echo to people out who are, you know, on the other side of that side. So anyway, I don't know if I'm trying to say it's a 3% thing. I'm really not. I'm not saying it's something for people who are, you know, again, salivating for, you know, the end of the world. And I don't think many people are looking forward to anything like that, but a rational awareness that something like that might happen. And then having some put some effort into getting ready or thinking about, you know, being prepared for that potential eventuality. I think it's a nod to that. So anyway, what am I getting at? We're going to do a chairs against the wall patch in part of this patch batch. So uh, it's one of the first patches I knew I was going to do. I've been wanting to do the chair against the wall series for a while now. I'm going to do the, John has a long mustache, but I don't have unlimited funds. So I'm going to start with the chairs against the wall. I think it's a little bit more obscure. You got a chair patch and you walk it up in front of somebody who's super anti-gun. There's no way they're going to pee themselves, right? They're just not going to understand what that chair patch is. Everybody else is going to see that chair patch and be able to give you that nod, that knowing nod, hopefully. So, um, you know, unlike a 5.56 oval or something, which might be similar, I think the chairs against the wall is ours and it's unique and it has to do with this show. So anyway, we're doing a plug. If anybody wants to jump in on that, uh, we just got to... 11 people over there. So I think I'm going to throw at least another patch into there. Um, I don't know which one yet, but um, we're up to five or six patches at this point. So for that same 50 bucks, you're now going to get six patches shipped. And I'm hoping to get it up to 10. If we can get enough people on board, it's basically helping me to get larger quantities. Uh, as the quantities goes up, the prices go down. So not only do I get to uh, uh, order more, but I can order more variety. So you're basically just helping gear websites out so that we can order more patches for Cyber Monday. And uh, like I say, we're up to about five, I think, or six uh, designs that we'll for sure do. And we're hoping to get 10. So if you'd like to jump in on that, I guess there's eight more days left. Tomorrow, the store will get shut down. So is tomorrow Friday? No, I keep thinking tomorrow's Friday. There won't be another free patch Friday until November. So uh, this is the only way to kind of continue on uh, buying stuff from the gear website store, at least for the next 48 days or so. All right, that's enough plug-in. That seems awkward to me. So today's entertainment day. We're going to talk about the best movie that stars in 1911. Go. Oh, heck yeah. I'm excited for this one. So I, I don't know. I, I think best movie, first of all, I think I have to give an honorable mention to any Steven Seagal movie. Um, pretty much because almost every Steven Seagal movie, he has a 1911 in it, and there's good gunplay in most of his movies, right? Especially like the older movies like Above the Law, but my favorite has to be Terminator 2 with Linda Hamilton. And uh, she has a combat master, uh, reverse two-tone, and just uh, 
And that same gun was used in the movie Runaway. Runaway? That had 1911? That was Tom Selleck, though. Nope. Same, same gun used in the movie Runaway. Okay. I'm going to say, what about uh, Last Man Standing? Is that the name of that one? That Bruce Willis in like the 20s, but it's really Yojimbo? The samurai movie? Oh, yeah. So I thought that one was pretty good. And he runs around with dual 45s, which is even better, right? Dual 45s out of shoulder holsters. Like old 20s type of gangster looking. You know, that movie got really bad ratings and stuff. I liked it. Not just because I was a gun guy. Like, I thought that was like a well-filmed movie. I, I didn't see anything wrong with it. Have you, you know, you know? do you know Yojimbo? Oh, yeah. So, or, I mean, not good. Yeah, yeah. Fistful of Dollars. That's... uh. I think it's not only a great movie on its own, but it's a cool retelling of that samurai story. So, yeah, I give it thumbs up on multiple levels. I think it's a neat movie. Plus, Bruce Willis isn't a bad actor when he's just being an action actor, right? You guys ever seen a movie? My pick, <clears throat> my pick is a little more... The gun's a little more subtle in it, but it's got a pretty big part of the movie is Gran Torino. Stole it. The new one? Yeah. Everybody talks about it. I've only ever seen it once. I'll have to watch it again. Great movie. You don't have your own now since I stole yours, Taters? Um, there's one in Enemy of the State. Gene Hackman carries one. It's a movie about like the NSA keeping tabs on people and crap like that. This dude ends up getting framed for something. He's like a nerd or whatever in like a Faraday cage and that other guy and he's trying yeah. to help him. Yeah, okay. Those are neat movies when they like when an old guy just like pulls out old dependable nineteen eleven out of a drawer and out of a holster or some shit. And it's just like that's his go to, you know, he's been using it for his whole life. Yeah, and he drives like this old El Camino, and he's uh, everything's old school with him. He's like a ex NSA agent or something like that that they conveniently forgot he existed when, like, it was easier to just leave him behind or whatever. They're saying Will Smith is an enemy of the state. Is he the, yeah, the kid. Yep. Act I don't guess I've ever seen Enemy of a State. It was a good movie. It came out in 98. I think it's a remake of an old, old movie from like the 60s. Isn't it? Or it's like one of those things where Gene Hackman was in a really similar movie back in the day. And then they kind of remade it modern with like newer surveillance stuff and like the whole Faraday cage and the computers. Because the first one was like real, real tapes and wired microphones and stuff. <clears throat> the first one's called like the. What the hell is it called? The, I don't know what it's called. It's at least saying you can. Harry's Love Pink's favorite. 1911. I've got a couple. Hey, Pink. Oh, yeah? What's yours? Uh, well, I mean, the first one's going to be uh, G's favorite movie Red Dawn. The uh, pilot? Uh, the one where, yeah, the pilot. Or there's another even better scene 
where it, it focuses on the bumper sticker that says you can have yep. my gun from my cold dead hands and then it pans over and the guy's dead hand is right there and the commie steps on his dead hand and takes a 1911 sticks in his belt yep there's that one and then my other favorite is uh face off with the dual 1911s in the holster behind his back those gold plated 1911s yeah. wait what movie face off nicholas cage john travolta that one I never saw it ever, and then I saw it like a few years ago. But I've only seen that one once too. It was better than I thought it would be because I didn't. I thought it was going to suck, so I never even bothered watching it back in the day. Yeah, that, that's what inspired me to get my dual uh, holster. You got a dual back of the small of the back holster. Yeah, for uh, FNs. Oh, okay. For your five sevens? No, for the uh, FNS nines. Five sevens would be super lightweight back there. Yeah, I know. I couldn't do a back small device double holster for two reasons. One, somebody pushes you over, you die because they break your back. And then two, that chick from that transporter movie or something has them, and I don't want to be like that chick. You know what I'm talking about? I think it's transporter two or three, or transporter two or three, where they're in somewhere with water and swimsuits. And the chick's like blonde, and she jumps all around with the two Glocks. I think they're two Glock 18s. Well, super quiet. Come on, let's keep going. <laughs> I was, I, have you ever checked out the uh, IMFDB page for 1911s? Here's the thing. Back in the days before YouTube, when there was the internet, and I was building my own IMFDB, and then that fucker came along and built his, so I've never really gone there as a reference unless I like have to, and then I go there really quick and leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, what's yours, Dead Horse? That story. So I got a new story. Like apparently, the first movie with the 1911 in it is called The Lost Battalion. George McMurtry, and uh, he was a Medal Honor of recipient in the and a member of the Rough Riders during the Spanish American War, and he plays himself in the movie. So uh, I'm gonna have to go check that movie out and watch it. But it's called The Lost Battalion, made in 1919. First oh, movie with the 1911 oh. in it. So there you go. It's the first movie with an IT on That makes sense. It was only invented in 05. Yeah. And a Medal of Honor recipient plays the plays himself in it. So he himself in the movie. And this is the guys that went down to look for Pancho Villa in Mexico? The Spanish American War, yeah. Oh, the Rough Riders. Okay. Yeah, that'd be neat. Because, like you say, that would be some of the first use of a 1911. So imagine going from single-action revolver to 1911. That's got to be like black-powdered AK-47, no? Oh, yeah. And this was before World War One. You know, even the movie was filmed before World War One. So we're talking, you know, the very first. So I'm definitely going to be looking this movie up. So, yeah, there it's was a lot of Italian. There was a 2001 movie by the same name. I wonder if it's a remake of it. Because it stars in 1911 also. But I've never heard of it. Oh. Very possible. 
Is he breaking up, or are we all breaking? Am I breaking up? I thought maybe it was me. It must be him. Okay, I think you're breaking up, then, Urson. It's like roboting. Oh. You're breaking up. I'm breaking up. I can if hear you're him. You're breaking up for me. Them. Internet tonight. Yeah, it has to be dead horse. It's dead horse. I thought it was me. I was about to try to jump out and jump back in. I didn't know what was going on. Well, there's Outlaw, who has a link and hasn't jumped in here, saying Last Man Standing, which I already said earlier. But yeah, I think that's a good one. You don't get enough double 1911s, I don't think. Right. We were soldiers. Hmm. I was trying to remember it in there. But I didn't remember it in that movie. Certainly the M16. I'd say the M16 is the star of that movie, but they yeah. must have used 1911s. They certainly had them then. Yeah. But it probably would have been like the helicopter dudes, right? I mean, they didn't really issue 1911s to dudes jumping out of a fucking helicopter with an M16, I don't think. Elliot in it, remember? He pulled out a 1911. And we were soldiers, and he was using a 1911 oh, in it. Right. I knew it said Sam Elliott, but I couldn't remember him using one. But I haven't seen that movie in years. Yeah, it's, that it's, is, it's like, so Sam Elliott. You're breaking up. He's, he goes, I'm not going to use that M16. I'll just pick one up if I need one. <laughs> he goes out with a 1911. It probably would have been like what a sergeant would have done back then. And a Tom Hanks in a Saving Private Ryan? The tank scene? I haven't seen that one enough. To know that scene. Oh yeah, there's here. That's the scene where the tank's crossing a bridge and he's shooting at it with the 1911, and then like it blows up because like the planes were like coming in right at the right time. Oh okay, so it looks like you sit in there just shooting at a tank with his 1911. What the hell, Bob? We just said two times last man standing. We're just gonna call this rename this chat last man standing. <laughs> So Midnight just said the thing Dead Horse just said. So now everybody's just repeating what we say out there. They're copying off of us. Uh, Way of the Gun. That was a good one. Did anybody ever see that one? Way of the Gun. What's his face and the other guy? I've never Is Way of the Gun a Western? No, no, no. It's It could be Tarantino. Del Toro and the other guy, young guy, and then uh, I don't really remember it, but it was one of the first movies. Oh shit! One of Del Toro. Then you see Del Toro, and I forget the other guy's name, but the uh, um, it, the gun handling was like nice. It was decent gun handling, like you know what people who are familiar with gunfighting would do like manipulations and stuff they paid attention to it in that movie and it was kind of a dumb movie it was like they were criminals i think and a heist or i don't remember kidnapping or something they were being criminals but just that they were doing it was kind of like heat you know even though they were bad guys the gun handling was so good i think it came after heat but it was like the next movie after heat to like enforce like hey it is better to watch cool gun handling or like it's cooler to watch real gun handling than it is to watch that hollywood fantasy garbage like you know that they come up with sometimes oh i remember that movie i looked it up midnight says that he's blaming on the lag he says he said it first 
There you go. Yeah, yeah I just I was just looking at that. I remember the movie now. It'd be like moving, reloading, you know, staying shit like that. It just was a neat. And that was like early nineties. And it also it has an awesome scene in it with the anti-gun Sarah Silverman, right? So, <laughs> like, just that one scene that she's in is worth watching. Like, it's worth just that one scene, like renting that movie or finding that movie. You know what scene I'm talking about, G? Is it the very beginning? Yeah, where they're outside the club and all that, and she's talking all loudmouth. And oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and her boyfriend looks like Carrot Top, right? Yeah, <laughs> like it's just that one scene is worth like everything. Like I would, I would pay to rent that movie just for that one scene. Oh, I think if you haven't, if you're a gun person and you haven't seen Way of the Gun, do yourself a favor and throw it on your list. I don't want to say like knock down, you know, make it your next movie or anything, but definitely watch it. Even if you don't like those actors, the it is a good one. Uh, Slim is saying Pulp Fiction. It was nineteen eleven in Pulp Fiction, I think. I thought so. Yes, I cannot believe I forgot about that. The scene where Samuel L. Jackson's holding the nineteen eleven to the dude's forehead, screaming at him oh, when he's he pick, picking up the case. Or they're in the car, and uh, John Travolta's got it in his hand, and he's just looking into the back seat, talking to the dude, and accidentally shoots him. Yeah. Well, what do you think was in the case the whole time? It was a Delta Elite 10mm. Otherwise known as what's-his-face's soul. His soul is a Delta Elite 10mm. So steadily saying that movie about... Mexico called the gun. I thought that was about some goofy looking revolver. I've never seen the movie, but I thought it was about a revolver. Has anybody seen that movie? The gun. It's got uh, him, uh, Brad Pitt, and the uh, pretty woman lady. I think. No, I've Julia never Roberts. heard of it. What's her name? Julia Roberts. Yeah, I think it's her and uh, Brad Pitt. That's why I didn't watch it, but it's called The Gun. Oh, The Mexican was the revolver, so I don't know The Gun. Then. Apparently there was one in Titanic, too. Nickel played it in Fully Engraved, but I don't remember. I haven't seen that movie in so long, and probably slept through most of it anyways. Never seen that movie. Refused I don't think it. you missed much. I refuse to watch it. Um, Grand Torino, Slim saying that one. We already talked about that one, too. So Midnight Range saying Romeo and Juliet with DiCaprio and Guzmo. Remember that? I said that guy's name. Uh, I think I've seen that movie once whenever it came out. So now I'm worried about it. I guess I was mixing up those movies. I don't know the gun then. Is it good? Studley's one mentioning. Is that a good movie? Ain't nobody's seen it, right? Brad Pitt, the gun. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I've seen it or not. I can't think of it. It doesn't come to mind. If I have seen it, it might not have been good. I don't know. I know <laughs> I've never seen it. I don't know. Scott saying uh, 1911 in the Dirty Dozen? There had to be. How about Cobra? Cobra? Yes. He has, never, he has like some kind of little sub gun, I thought. Alone? He also carried a... Custom 1911 chambered in 9mm. No, that really crazy smooth grip looking thing. Yeah, no, I think I remember. I didn't know it was 9mm. 
He's made it custom made for that movie. Not 9mm, 1911, so. And yeah, that doesn't even count, really. So, Midnight's now saying end of watch. Anybody like that movie? Yeah. It was alright. felt creepy watching that movie. I didn't like I only watched it one. Once again, I watched not enough movies to be an expert on any of these. We know your wife already told us. The one in Miami Vice. The one in Cobra was a cold go cup. Natural national match. But they had like white grips or something, right? I can't tell. Yeah. I think I do remember seeing like pictures of the gun in like probably National Rifleman or something at the time, American Rifleman. So Apocalypse Now, yeah, I'm sure there was 1911s in that one. I don't mm -hmm. know if they starred in it necessarily. Yeah, it was. Well, Letters to Iwo Jima. I imagine there's lots of them in there. Well, no, not actually. Oh wait, yeah, Letters. The other one is the one that's the other side. They wouldn't have. What's that crazy movie with the chicks in it, and they like fight the giant samurai and all that? Oh, Kill Bill. No, uh, oh. no. Sucker Punch. Sucker, oh, yep. Punch. Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch. Yeah, like that. That had some awesome 1911 scenes in it, right? I mean, yeah, when they go. He through. had dual 1911s, right? Yeah, that's a good one. Not getting anything on the gun channel side. All right, so um, I guess I dug in a couple minutes of the show doing that. So now we'll flip over to member of the day. And today it's uh, uh, not a member of gun channels at all. Somebody who'd be cool if they were over on gun channels, but it's called primary and secondary. Does anybody watch primary and secondary? No. Occasionally. I think I'm uh, part of the group on the other social media, but. So they're, uh, that's a forum, and the mods from that forum started doing some podcasts and stuff, and then once YouTube pushed everybody off and kind of changed the thing, they became a little bit more self-sufficient, I guess, or whatever you want to call it, and they created a Patreon, and they do some things, and uh, they bring, a, I think, a more sober, or sober and rational, uh, practical look at things. They're, I can't imagine that any of them are... Uh, bought by any manufacturers they uh, might have preferences and stuff but for the most part these are people that i think are more practical um open-minded to the different things that might be out there but then not uh, swayed by flash or sizzle or marketing or any of that stuff uh they're swayed typically by what's worked in either training environments that are tough like real you know as close to possible type of training environments or actual real deal um, encounters, and uh, I have no idea what they think of 1911s or anything, but uh, they are some interesting chats to listen to, and because it's not just the general, I guess, members of the forum, it's the moderators, They you get, you're getting a conversation between people who see a lot and you know, are experienced with a lot and then have their kind of discussions about what they've seen kind of thing and less, I guess, hands-on, more like 
awareness type of thing. So anyway, it's kind of an interesting podcast, and they've got their own opinions and stuff, and a good alternative to some of the other stuff that's out there for sure. Yeah, every once in a while, they'll have a like a pretty cool guest on or something like that. I know they've had Fuller on before and people like that. So every once in a while, we're going to throw something like that in there that's not necessarily a member of gun channels, but again, something that might uh, be interesting to people who like this show or that are interest, interested in this kind of stuff. So that'll take us into gun books. If we want to touch on that at all, is there any books that anybody's been reading or books that are worth having an inventory? Where do we want to take this one? I guess it would be in a library. Where do we want to take this one? I've been very slowly reading the Glock America's Handgun book. I forget I'm reading it for like a week at a time, and then I go back and read it. By Paul days. Barrett? That one? I don't, know. I don't remember who it's by. Yeah, if it's Glock America's done, that's it. Are you liking that book? Yeah, I love it. I just forget I'm reading it because I don't ever read. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot I was reading that. And I'll go back and read for like a night a week. And for people that have our experience with that book, it's chapterish, right? So you can read a piece of it and you're not missing anything. It's not like a novel where you have to start at the beginning and lose your place or anything. You could literally pick up and read a chapter here and a chapter there and still get valuable information from it. It's it's compartmentalized. I don't know how to say, I don't know what the word is for that, but... Each chapter is kind of like a portion of the, you know, of his life or of the business kind of deal. So it's kind of neat that way. I was just uh, kind of cleaning up the, you know, I take all my receipts and throw them in a big pile. And then every couple of months I'll go through them and find my desk underneath them all there and everything. So I've been doing that, uh, getting ready to be on the road. And I, you know, I can see my desk again. And I found a couple of books that were sent to me the um, from Blue Book. Um, people that do the blue, the blue book of gun values, uh, they sent me their ammo encyclopedia, I guess, which is kind of neat. It's like as thick as a phone book, and it's just a bunch of information about uh, ammo. It's still in the plastic, but I've seen them before, and I think those are really neat books. I personally dig ammo, and uh, those are the kind of books I don't really have the time anymore. But when I was a kid, and I was bored. I would pick open a book like that and just thumb it open to some page and just start exploring you know it's like looking through uh, almost like looking through a reloading book or something but um you know just to find what calibers are there how this caliber evolved into that one or maybe which came first anyway i find that kind of stuff interesting not necessarily to read but just to kind of spend some time kind of absorbing some new info seeing the pictures Uh, it's not necessarily a book for adults, but if you've got kids, you could read it with them. The Rifle by Gary Paulson. It's um, probably aimed at kids between like 8 and 14, maybe. Uh, it's just, there, there's this rifle. It was one of my favorite books when I was a kid. There's there's like this gunsmith, and he makes this really cool rifle. He like picked out the best stock he could, and he did the rifling different. He made this really nice really nice like musket type rifle you know like a, it was can't remember if it might have been like a flint lock or something and uh it's just like it goes the story just goes through all the all the generations of people that owned this rifle from the time it was like used in combat all the way to when it was just like a wall hanger
Oh, cool. I never heard of it. So it's not like gold yeller where at the end it's sad and they convert it into like nine millimeter or something horrible. <laughs> uh, no, they don't convert it to nine millimeter. Have you made it all the way to the end yet, potatoes? I'm trying. There's some big words in there. But... <laughs> <laughs> you just look at the pictures and skip over some of the words, huh? No, there's no pictures in it. It's a novel. I mean, it's not oh. like, you know. It's not something you sit down and read in 10 minutes with your kid, you know. It's it's a chapter book, but it's not. I thought it was like a Dr. Seuss book, the way you described this. I thought it no. would be pretty cool. It, I, mean, I might read that. Yeah. That's about how long my attention span is, a Dr. Seuss book, so. I like the idea of that, though, how you take a uh, firearm and, like you say, kind of track it. And everybody says, oh, this gun can tell the stories, but it's sort of like the story of if that gun could tell its story, right? And that's yeah. where they get intertwined with, like you say, and there's obviously the practical use for the things, which can sometimes be scary or, you know, difficult, but then there's all the other stuff. So that's, that's super neat that they wrote that for a kid's uh, interpretation or from a kid's yeah, perspective. Wikipedia says, the rifle is a 1995 novel by American writer Gary Paulson. The novel is a work of historical fiction Written for a young adult audience, the story focuses on the history of a rifle created prior to the American Revolution and lives, or and on the lives of its various owners until the present day. Dude, I like that. What kind of gun is it? Um, it's like, like a, it's a flintlock. Oh, okay. Yeah, brown bass. It doesn't really say, I don't think, but it's some sort of flint rock rifle, and he like did the. It's a custom gun. He he made it himself. He used like the best wood he could find, and rifled the barrel different, and all kinds of stuff. That sounds like the when uh, who is it? Remington got his start that way. He's like, I want a gun. His dad's like, Well, then go make one because I'm not buying it for you. So he's like, All right, start building one. The only downside is kind of has a sad ending. They turned it into a millionaire. No, but it uh, reminds you to handle guns responsibly, because you know it's written for like a young audience. So. Woods is saying he also wrote one called "The Hatchet, The River, Brian's Winter, and Brian's Hunt." Yeah, those are I read those when I was a kid too. Those are good books for young adults. When were these written? How come I didn't read these when I was a kid? Are they new? The 90s, I think. Oh, okay. I wasn't a kid then. The only book I remember reading as a kid that I really remember that was like a real novel, per se, was uh, Where the Red Fern Grows. Biscuit Eater? Is that that one? Biscuit Eater? I don't remember that. Okay, then that's not it. One of them old movies, they call the dogs Biscuit Eaters. Uh, uh, I don't think so. All I remember is little Dan, old Dan and little Ann. Like we don't want that dog. It's a biscuit eater. All right, so that was interesting. So we learned about a couple of books that you might not have known about, and it's Wednesday, so we might as well transition into the hashtag to the gun show thing. So I'm not going to screen share yet because I've got all my secrets on the screen. So move over here. Actually, 
guys could talk during this time. So I have other people on the show, so there's no dead air. Dead air costs money. I'm paying for nothing here. And anybody out there listening, if you want to get in on this, just use hashtag Daily Gun Show. And have a bunch of people judge your picture. We are experts judging pictures, not just people, Pink. Yep. Right. I'm not sure what we're experts at. We're at three judging pictures, 491. So uh, I forget what we were last time we looked at all this, but we got some of the top ones there. I think it got skipped last week. It did, but I'm thinking something's weird because all these shuffle around a little bit. So I'm not sure how it decides what to throw up front. Why has it got Gary up here? How'd that happen? <laughs> well, Gary's an interesting person, so maybe he, was, he had to eat or something. He hacked his way in with that. Doesn't mean he was the last one to use it, maybe. Anyway, so let's dig in. So I don't think we did it last week, so we'll dig down to where we find something that we're familiar with. Quite a few here. Is that donut one? I don't remember Osama. Hmm. Like, if you scroll down to the picture of... I remember this one. This might definitely not. Oh yeah, that one was last the last I'm time pretty, we did it. I'm pretty sure I saw the 45 AARP one last Which, week. Oh, this one? Yeah, we did see that one, right? So let's start with the Viking blood. That says, well, whatever. We'll just start with this one. So that was Roosted's uh, mead with with cherry in it. Got Gary's mic over here. Go to see doing something. Got Clover doing his uh, Honor Guard show. That seems like it was a month ago, but I guess it was a couple weeks ago. Free Patch Friday. No more Free Patch Fridays for a while. Uh, Sand Hills, appreciate the support. Thank you. Uh, this one's been going around. Sand Hills has been posting a lot of these like 2A memes, like reposting them. So I don't know where he's finding them all, but he's getting a good mix. Repost. Pickle reposting, him reposting. So there's double repost. Not what the hell happened. Where was I? Here? Go with this one. There's Jell's Mullet catching a little tiny shark. Anybody ever have a black tip shark in a fish tank ever? No. That'd be no. cool, though. So when I was a little kid, we had fish tanks, right? And went to the store, and you could get this black tip shark. It looked exactly like this, but like four inches long or something it was tiny but uh i was asking him is this like normal or is this the big one or what but i guess i don't know if it's the same shark but it certainly looked exactly the same i had a little tiny shark like that when i was a kid i think he said they ate this one that doesn't look like there's that much meat on it but the uh african like tribal ak these pictures are, AK. yeah these things are always neat it's a what is this how do we know what this is? Chinese, but it's got a spike, and because of the front thing. And probably 56, but neat. This one's not all that embellished. All they did is jam some horsehair or something in the front. A lot of times they'll screw with it a lot, make it like uh, almost like what their spears or something might look like, all you know, uh, decorated. Jeweled up, with, not all jeweled up with jewels and stuff. 
well, low tax and stuff like the Indians did with their lever actions. I mean, you're going to sit there with your gun all the time. You're going to end up screwing with it, right? You're going to decorate it, or a lot of people do. This one seems like an old one. Clover did this uh, patch panel on his double doors. Worked out pretty good. Another Joe to see one. Moon, autoloader, kicking some butt. And he doesn't watermark him anymore, so steal him. <laughs> Another one. I always get depressed when I look at these, because you know what they do with these guns, right? <clears throat> After they, they run them over with tanks and shit. It's horrible. I don't know what the fuck this is. Can't wait till the seas. Oh, this is that uh, hunting club that he's in. Anybody see these pictures? Before seven, like a crazy little hunting shack, like a club that you can belong to, and then you go to this crazy looking hunting cabin. I guess it's been going on for a long time. Thousands of acres. Pretty cool. We need to get something like that for gun channels. Somebody needs to donate thousands of acres so we can make a little crazy shack on it and hang out there. And we got Chris doing a uh, one of his characteristic uh, gun in the trees, except from a different angle. Seen one of those one. I'm still waiting on Gun Channel City. Uh, got Russ doing some uh, uh, getting rid of some sinus issues. It says EDC. It says really EDC. <laughs> That's his really CEDC. I buy everything but the knife. <laughs> <laughs> and you got Clover. This is the first time he ever made donuts out of biscuits. I made those tonight, as a matter of fact. So you know he's talking. We're talking about those little tubes of biscuits that you pop open and then they you know, make biscuits out of them. You just poke a hole in them, throw them in a the fryer, and they're donuts. I mean, I can't remember doing that since those donut things ex or since those biscuit things existed. That was like. I you bring two of those along on a camping trip, and that's what you ate at night. Is that Clover's EDC? No, it's mine. It's, <laughs> I can't believe you got a picture of my EDC. I always carry donuts. Oh, if I were talking about the football. <laughs> or the percussion captain, Andrew, I guess. There's Patriot doing his uh, Adidas thing, I thought. Oh, I guess his kid thought Adidas is real cool. Uh, like Adidas. Uh, sold it. Sold it. Gonna sell it. So, anybody wants a little minx, minx, let me know. Uh, let's see. Strongest reason for people to retain the right to keep and bear arms is less last resort to protect themselves from tyranny and government. I wonder if we've used that as a quote before. Seems like something we might have done. Clover doing some reviews of these things. Tools. Angelina sent us a bunch of these, so we got these to. Send out. They're actually sending a bunch. I'm already sending a bunch out to patrons, and they still got more. Oh, that's sweet. Uh, that's so, awesome. Yeah, that worked out pretty good. I saw him building all this stuff, and I'm like, all right, all right. And then when he put it in here, I'm like, okay, now I understand. That's pretty cool. I'm making one of those. Uh, let's see, Patriot showing off some of his off uh, stuff. So what was it? 2013, I think. Maybe 2013, uh, Haas is sitting there not doing anything good. So I'm like, let's get some patches made for you, dude. So uh, we made the first run in green, I think, and white. And then we did a second run in all three colors. So uh, we had them in the store for a long time. But uh, Haas doesn't really do anything on YouTube anymore, so he doesn't have much uh, people 
you know, paying attention to his stuff, I guess. So they've just been sitting there. But Patriot's a Marine, so he uh, grabbed one, actually. I sent him all three. That's always a good one. Chris up on top of the world with a little Glock. How many guns do you need? Always one more. How many guns do you need? Why, you got one for sale? How many people got clover hats already? You know, Gary did. So this is the AAO Customs people uh, clover hat on, what, last Friday? And uh, did you guys take a look at their grips? No. Ooh. They got some neat stuff. They do that, like, I guess high-pressure impregnated wood, but they also do it to, like, pine cones. So they take an epoxy resin and, like, jam a pine cone in the middle of it and then high-pressure set it so that it's super solid, right? And then when they cut it, that pine cone looks freaking neat. It's like a weird dish skeleton or something, like, in the in the grip. Uh, I don't know what's going on here. Probably some kind of burl wood with a big void, and then they got the crazy plastic fill in the void, right? And then I don't know what this is. I have no idea. No, but I like them. Neat. And it was neat to listen to them. They're up in Minnesota and just to listen to uh, kind of a mom and pop. You know, people have figured out something to do that's neat and then having fun being successful with it. That's a nice set right there. Fairly uh, legit. No stupid crap on it. No stupid Magpul crap or any of that garbage. It's like... Yeah, a dead air can, so very neat. I like the Magpul grips. It's too bad. Magpul grips suck ass. <laughs> uh, Patriot doing his series on... Okay. Well, they do, do. They're the wrong angle, and they come with a slotted screw. Fuck, it's a firearm, and they're going to give you a slotted screw. What the hell is this, 1930? Anyhow, Patriot's doing this cool series on uh, taking apart guns. Slim carrying around his uh, what is that? Six thirty-eight. Yep. With that Hillary hole, it got me all confused. Got me all flustered. Clover doing the series on kids shooting. Angry. So which of these guns? Angry's giving one away. Which one you taking? Ed. No, um, I'm going to take the shockwave because I don't have one of those yet. Pink? Uh, I'm going to have to take the uh, pistol because I we're not allowed to have shockwaves here. Oh, that's horrible. Tater? Um, was it an arrow precision? I'll probably... I'd, I'd go with the shockwave even though I already have one. It's a different one. And then uh, Snob? I have to go with the shockwave too just because I've never played with one yet. And then Outlaw. I have absolutely no interest in a freaking shockwave. Give me the AR. All right. Well, you're all wrong. The answer, the correct answer is both of them. The sucker he's giving you, take them. I'll take the shockwave and the rifle, and I'll sell the shockwave and buy a pistol. There you go. Or tell both. Give me your bucks for it, Ellis. Tell both and get your Chris. Um, what's going on with this? Is this mag not set right? Or am I just not used What's to this? Looks not. like a Wilson Combat mag. That's 357 SIG, right? Not yeah. 45. 
he had this patch made up by Angelina, I think. Maybe it's uh, he had to uh, change, you know, like one of the mags and put an extended mag on it for the 357 SIG. Now, has anybody seen this type of picture before? I have not. Trying to remember who the hell did it. I think it was pre-gun channels, pre-YouTube, back in the gun chat days when I had a forum called Gun Chat. And the hell was it? Somebody came up with this. Maybe it's Enrique. Is Enrique out there? Somebody, I think in Arizona, came up with this idea. And I don't know if it was an accident or what, but they came up with the coolest thing. They would take a picture, and there'd be like a bullet sticking out like that. And it was sort of like a Where's Waldo. And they just had a lot of fun with it. And it was fun for like months. People would look forward to the pictures and stuff. So when I saw this, I went, uh-oh, that's kind of cool that uh, somebody else is doing or came up with that concept or whatever. I mean, this one's kind of simple, but you can imagine like, you know, somebody doing like a series where they try real hard to kind of camouflage that bullet. So it's sort of like a Where's Waldo. Now, this is gross because obviously somebody was like, hey, can I order some clean meat? And he's like, sure, let me rub some lead tarnish on here for you. <laughs> But that's what you get for ordering food in Pennsylvania. It's always a risk. Uh, Clover sending out a bunch of stuff. I'm pretty sure Gary said that he got one of those packages the other day. So one of these went to Gary. One of these might have went to me. He sent me, like, enough pipe tobacco to do the whole trip. It's pretty cool. These are big packages. He sent me this one called uh, Hobbit Weed. And it's like smoking a cigarette. It's excellent. It's like the perfect blend of pipe tobacco. So are you getting into pipe smoking these days, Jim? Well, Clover sent me a uh, corn cob pipe and a, like, I don't know, 12 or 10 different types of tobacco. And I've been digging through them. And then, like, I'll post occasionally on Instagram when I empty a bag or whatever if I liked it or not. And, uh, yeah, before I left, he made sure to send me, like, two big bags of one of them's cherry because I really like cherry. And the other one is this thing he calls... Hobbit weed, which I guess is a tobacco mix that was around for a while and then they quit making it. But he said he found the ratio or the recipe or whatever and he mixes it up himself. So when you look at it, it's like speckled. There's, you know, sometimes when you look at tobacco, it's red or yellow or black or whatever the color. This stuff is kind of molded. It's all different kinds. So it's definitely some mix that he knows the ratio and it's just really good. It's pleasant and it's sort of like smoking a cigarette, but it smells like a pipe. Let's see. K bar. From Enrique. He's in Tucson. There's Clover doing his uh, lawn chair pops. And there's Gary's picture. Is that the last one? What's all this about? I'm watching the gun control poll test for Mary. Take your opinions advice. Oh, okay. This is the one where they're like, don't let them take away your second. Roosted doing uh, uh, ghost drill. Did anybody else do ghost drill last month? I did not. Oh, see, if they had Allen screws, I would I would understand. But mine had a stupid slot, and it was stupid. And it was also a stubby one that barely like was long enough to go through the pistol grip into the actual threads. So you basically had to really be coordinated. Uh, there's Clover's logo, but he's bragging about that he's on Spotify. But today he bragged about he's on iHeartRadio. So this dude's covering all the all the major platforms. That's pretty cool. And he's putting out some decent content with a good variety. 
So I'm I'm digging it. Talk about being an ambassador. He's freaking living that life. Yeah, he's doing an excellent job. Uh, we got Angelina with her bullet flags. And this was, I think, the first one that got out in the wild. At least first picture I saw. What is that? Missouri? A dead horse eating some kind of fish and meat. Looks good. I barbecued some hamburgers and shrimp for the labor day. That's what Jody looks like, I guess. Then we got uh, Bill Clinton. Holy crap, Bill Clinton. So he hasn't been around in a while. But uh, that looks like a patch panel going. Is that an SOE patch panel? Could be. When was that? Four days ago. I haven't seen him on gun channels. Anybody seen him? His name is but he sounds like Bill <laughs> No, I haven't I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah. Been a while. Surplus Army. This one's an interesting. They're using every hashtag in the world, so we got hit with that one, I guess. I wouldn't mind if there wasn't a single point sling on that one. Then Jules Malone went to the thing, got suckered into buying a bunch of gym equipment, I guess. Uh, got Sand Hills. See, he just didn't realize it's heavy. He probably thought this was like somebody good following this shit. He's like, I know it's just heavy. Look at this. So, what's the story behind this here? I'm a grown head. man who plays dress up with his little purse dog. Uh -huh. You're like, I want to win this. He would have won it with orange, but Angelina's not here. So, blue wins for me. So, that's awesome. I like it. Yeah. The fact that he sits around braiding their hair like this is the worst part. You know, he's like, <laughs> his lap and he's the worst part is she likes to play dress up. She gets super excited with her dresses and her cowboy hats and stuff, and she loves to wear them. That's the worst part. What's wrong with wearing a cowboy hat? Nothing. Looks just like your cowboy hat, I bet. Only that dog has more hair. <laughs> We finally see some water in this one. I guess there is water in Colorado. Oh, moons. Oh, no, oh, he actually has a watermark on there. Can't steal that one. Is this old? No, it's three days old. What is this? Did he take that slide somewhere? The, the Glocks don't have this on the front already, do they? No. I thought he did. I thought he did have it. ATEI. Yeah, he went to ATEI. Okay. Must be nice to have that kind of money. Just getting all your slides chopped up. Dude, ATI is like closer than my local gun shop, and I've never had anything done by them, but I think I'm going to have to change that here soon. Slim having to help IG88. Probably my favorite boat bounty hunter of all bounty hunters. Another Joe to see one, I guess. What's the story on this one? Was this a. Oh. Consignment for somebody, or no? They're giving this one to whoever wins the thing. Yep, I'm giving it away free to whoever wins Dead Horses Slip 2000 giveaway. Um, this box is to put cleaning supplies in for whoever wins that, and the way you enter that is to donate to uh, Rick. Rick's life as I see it. He's got a GoFundMe uh, so he can get out of a communist state and move to a free state hashtag 
free my homie Rick. I don't think that's the actual hashtag or nothing, but close enough. <laughs> We've got a lot of gun channels members. We need to get moved. DTP is saying they used to make those donuts all the time on camping trips too. Yeah, because they really didn't die. You know, like if you didn't have them refrigerated, those little tubes of biscuits or whatever, like they could go a few days without being refrigerated. And then you're going to cook the shit up in a minute anyway. I think there's more pictures there on that one. That's a multi. Oh, okay. Yeah, just I, the I, there was a I couldn't figure out what the lid just comes off then. It's not like a hinged lid or anything. It is a hinge. It's it Actually, it looks like a book. When it's closed, I just took the hinges off so that I could take the oh, lid off and work on it separately. I got you. Okay. So it's kind of like a cigar box. Yeah, it's pretty much like a cigar box. It's got a little magnet that stops it from just flopping around. And it looks like a book when it's closed. Cool. Thanks for doing that. So, yeah, Rick can use all help he can get. He's on a fixed income. He's trying to get the hell out of there and Hopefully he's raising a couple of bucks to get the U-Haul uh, a little sooner than his checks will allow him to get it. And when he moves, it sounds like he'll be saving a couple hundred bucks just in cost of living type of shit. So that means he'll be you know, rocking and rolling once he gets over there. That's important to help other people out in the gun community. Got Smeggy uh, posting something for Every Second Matters. Put the bayonet book there with his bayonet and Every Second Matters match. He also did a uh, update, and then I think he did a chat, right? I think I passed out on every second matters. Whatever day that was, I passed out. Um, there's Clover. Bunch of stuff. Got to talk about it wearing these rubber sleeves on his guns. You can never be too safe. So you got a couple. Uh, are these identical? Yeah, they're actually my buddies. He got them. They were his dad's. He was a highway patrol trooper. Oh, that's and the one on the the one on the right actually has a the OHP emblem on it. Cool. The one on the, I mean, they both do, but the one on the left. Sorry, but yeah, he finally got them the other day from his stepmom. So I stole them and took a picture of them. You shoot them? They're very cool guns to shoot. Oh right? yes, we shot them a lot. They're awesome. I yeah, want one so bad. My own too. And I gave it back to the guy I bought it from, but man, I want it again. I kind of want one in stainless. His was blue, so I'd be one again. They're not pin barrels, though, huh? So they're new. Uh -huh. Oh, and they get also this thing, right? They would be fixed firing pins if they were old. Yeah, they were. Well, they were carried in the late '80s, early '90s by OHP. I mean, they were OHP carried guns. Both of them were. It's pretty long ago, so they must have stopped pinning the barrels even before that, I guess. I just don't know. I just know things to look at. Look for that little thing there, and then if you could see inside to see if it's recessed or not, then I look at that hammer. Well, anyway. that was the first gun his dad carried when he went into the Oklahoma Highway Patrol, and that was in the mid-'80s, I guess. So what's going on with this? Sizing is so compressed on his new bench. This was day one or something, or what? This was three days I yeah, th yeah, that was just when he first started uh, sizing his brass and stuff. And <coughs> to that point of reloading, that's uh, David's reloading bench. His reloading setup so far. That's a, that's the uh, reloading bench that you did the uh, chat on when they were installing it. 
Oh, multiple chats, yeah. Oh yeah, multiple chats with the, the whole his whole adventure, uh, reloading adventure, right? Dude, I think you guys started with theory and then helped him with dimensions. And I we talked. I was in one where you talked about how to attach it to the floor of the wall, and then you did ones on like what components to make the actual desk out. And then you guys sourced the desk, or he did at least, right? And then there was the like getting the wood cut. I mean, like every single thing of this was shared. It was really neat. Nice. I mean, down to dead horse, like keeping them up all hours. Like, drill that hole, drill that hole more. Like, keep going, <laughs> sleeping your dead. Keep going. Wake up. Wake up calls early in the morning. Yep, four a.m. Let's go. You got to order me some stuff and get back on, get back to work on that desk. <laughs> it's all good. He's still alive. He's better for it. Uh, then we got Enrique, another uh, Arizonan here in Tucson, repping for every second matters. Obnoxious? Is this every second matters one? Three days ago? No. Yeah, probably. Nice. I like that PewTuber patch. I don't know who does that one. What does it say under here? The something toolbox? Tactical toolbox. Is that the name of the people that make it? Yep. He's a well. It's a. He's a. Uh, he's got a gun channel on YouTube. Oh, okay. He's done a whole bunch of like polymer 80 builds and stuff like that. Let's see. To win the sub giveaway. Okay, so Jelsma is doing a giveaway thing. I think he did that in his video the other day. He actually had a video again. So that's cool to see him doing some stuff. I guess you can win something. Drawing will end of September. No need to be a Patreon member, but remember they got dibs on the good stuff. Very cool. Oh, this is coffee? That yeah. makes sense. Okay. Dang, never, I thought he was giving away a scar. I've never had any of that. Like, is that Black Rifle coffee? Yeah. Where are they? Are they in California? Hmm. I don't know. I thought they were here in Utah. Oh, really? I wonder if I'm a big enough channel for them to just give me a shit ton of free coffee. I'm not paying for it. I can buy for my generic uh, dehydrated coffee. Yeah, yeah, they're in Salt Lake City. It works wonderful. I do. Except like all good gun companies. What? In 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 Utah, you mean? Yeah, there's this. We got a lot of good gun companies here. Gun related stuff, right? Here's a ghost. I had a every second matter shoot out there. He's at the range. He's a member of. Or. What he does now, he's like uh, in charge of something. Got it. Sand Hills and a couple of every second matters patches, the OG Sewn one and a PVC pink one. They're wearing them. Thirty-eight super partisan for EMC. Oh, Dan Weston. Interesting. With an every second matters patch. So there are fake Every Second Matters patches, and there's some guy that sells the shirts that it never pays us for him, so, or gives us anything in return for him. So I uh, do appreciate people that rep with the patch, because that's actually going to the website. We got uh, Chris again. Tree pick. Is this a cabin? Something's going on here. This ain't natural. These are, like, too consistent, right? That's kind of a log cabin, an old log cabin. Smaller part, because that's like definitely a wedge there, right? There's Arnold Barnes. 
pretty cool. This was interesting. So, uh, I don't know. Not that many people have these things anymore. Does anybody use these still? The old... Uh, yeah, I've got no, one. I remember, I remember having it growing up. Yeah, I guess. I think that's the one that one Sarge just show us your guns contest the other night. Okay. I've got one that holds six I like pretty well. Nice. Nice collection. The one I had growing up had a little cabinet on the bottom that locked so you could store your ammo in it or something. I don't even remember now. Well, back in the day, it used to be cool to keep your gun out. I mean, especially, like, if you're talking olden days when, like, you only owned a couple of possessions and a gun would be like a car, right? Why would you want to put that in a closet? I want to look at it. I paid good money for that. It's cool. Very neat. Ghost posting the Every Second Matters at the range. Pickle reposting the contest. Clay reposting NSSF's August thing in September. Let's keep in mind this was done on September like 4th, and he's posting August. So that's okay. Still doing it, I guess. <laughs> uh, Russ is over there. I think it was his pup's got, got you day. So they, they found this puppy, I guess. And uh, I guess she was having some fun playing with these bunch of balls. <laughs> you have a way with words, G. Those are puppy balls. Don't fucking be ruining puppy balls. Uh, got fine eight doing something with some kind of a, a lit up 1911. Those are some nice looking grips. Oh, those are AAO custom grips. He says. So again, kind of some kind of burl wood, and they pressure injected that polymer into the gate for void. Definitely makes it look cool. Springfield, bunch of shot ammo underneath of it. Using a shotgun shell to angle it. That's pretty cool. Uh, and then I guess this was the results of shooting one ounce slugs through the shock wave. There's that puppy again. Wonder if that dude ever actually watches this show or if he's just using the hashtag for months and months and months here. He's been maybe even using it for a year now and forever. Uh, fine A being in here, huh? I don't know what he's complaining about. So this is a typical one. This is the one that came at the pistol. Is that how it works? Yep. yep. And he's saying that this one weighs more, more than the one. Okay. But you're saying you'd rather have the, the pistol version on? Yeah. Yeah, I like to I like the extra weight. You know, that pistol version one weighs like eight ounces, and I like the extra weight on the pistol. It really just helps tame it down, short barrel. Yeah, I like those. I've used those before. That style nut. Rigged up some of these uh, plumb bobs. You lost your plumb bob. That's pretty. Yeah, you use what you got, right? I've been meaning to ask you, who still uses a plumb bob? I've been a carpenter for years, and I've used one about twice in my life. What? Oh, you, know, you use those fancy laser things? Oh, I want to just use a level. Well, no, but if you're dropping a ceiling down or a wall down, I use plumb bobs. I still don't. I don't like the laser things because I only have this one like level that throws a line out of the that light, and it's like a cheap Harbor Freight one, so I don't trust it. Even if it is a straight line, I just don't trust that it's squared or the level itself, so I still use a plumb bob. 
can't beat gravity. Well, yeah, I don't trust levels because of the flat Earth. Like <laughs> straight for the plumb bob and trust gravity. You mean trust? What is it? Density. Density. Yeah. <laughs> I trust density. <laughs> they don't. That have is a pretty cool idea, though, Dad. <clears throat> so Russ, we should mention, is doing a giveaway right now too. And his is to guess how much he paid for these five pounds of powder and all them projectiles, and then he's gonna end that knife, and then he's gonna give you that knife and I think something else. So uh, everybody's guessing, and you do that over on the main page of Gun Channels. He's got a post over there, and you can guess a price just like Price is Right. I think somebody already but uh, picked a dollar, so there's gonna be some somebody could undercut everybody. But anyway, I guess he got it at a good deal, and he did pay. You know, at a store, it wasn't like some guy who just gave it to him out the back of a truck or something. So anyway, the first person, or I guess on the whatever day he said that, but I forget what day he said, uh, it'll end and it'll be the first person who guesses closest without going over uh, is going to win that cool looking knife. At first, I thought it was like a training knife or something. And then he picked it up and I said, oh, okay, it's an actual like scabbard or something for it. Kind of neat, kind of looks like a mora. I guess there's a picture of it with its painted blade. He's obviously pandering to Angelina. Too bad she's not here. That's all this about. Oh, well, I guess it's running into same people on the internet, on different posts and stuff, and seeing each other everywhere. There's eight of you out there? <laughs> I like this one. This is that one dude's thing where he's like, I wonder if I can shoot through a pair of Nikes. And this guy's like, why don't you give them to a homeless vet? <laughs> That's the internet for you. <laughs> Can't even make a joke or fucking shit around and somebody's going to come crap on it. Or come be somber on your joke or whatever. Angelina reposting that post. And then uh, Patriot got a bunch of stuff off of the auctions. We did some auctions a while back. And sent out a bunch of stuff. And again, thanks, Patriot, for supporting everything. Uh, got a bunch of stuff you can either keep or pass along, I guess. And then the second one with the uh, full auto zone. Dang, I can't remember the name of that artist guy that does it. He, he just kind of wanted to work with me to do a couple of designs, but he had some crazy ideas. He wanted like hundreds of dollars for the designs. And then I would go make the patches and then give him a buck a patch. And I'm like, you don't know how much money there is in patches. Like, that would, that would, triple the price of the patches and there would be no it would just be a complete loss but anyway uh nice guy he just doesn't quite understand the patch game but he has had some patches out there and that was one of them full auto zone he also did semi-auto zone i don't know what's up with awesome. this one. I guess clover just got a scooby-doo shirt i mean that's not like a gun thing that i'm missing right that you just happen to get a gun sh or a scooby-doo shirt Not that I know of. So I bet you your uh, or your friends' thirty eights or those revolvers don't have uh, Hillary holes in them, huh? No, that's but nice. I used to have one identical to that GP one hundred on the bottom. That was one of my favorite guns, and I sold it. Traded I don't really it. Really, mine GP one hundreds. I mean, I kind of like the look, and I definitely like the feel. Oh, is that a laser? That's even better. But I definitely like whatever the hell Ruger calls this, like two tone or two material type of grip. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily love the shape of it, but I like it, and it's comfortable, and I dig that little button. Oh, yeah. But 
for some reason, I just have no interest in buying any more Ruger revolvers. They're just, probably just because they're so freaking heavy. Like, somehow they make them heavier than Smith's. Yeah, that GP100 is really heavy, but, man, it was a good shooting gun. But this, my problem is that every time I pick one up and shoot it, I got no problem with it. It shoots fine or anything. It's just that it's so heavy, and I know what Smith's are like. You know, it's Smith is like the hollow version of a Ruger or something. Like, somehow they make these things so much. Anyway, I, I think about that every time I shoot a Ruger. But definitely I'd rather have any of these over a Colt. I don't like the Colt uh, pullback business. It drives me nuts. Yeah. Rugers are uh, they're really great guns, but they're they're heavy, and I just like the look of the Smith and Wesson better. I've always been a Smith and Wesson guy. I hear you, but you you can get used to this. I mean, it is it's kind of like a melted Smith. It's like if they did a melt job to it. Yeah, the Smiths are just they're so much prettier to me. Uh, Rugers do look like a tastier, like a tad European, like somebody spilled some European on them. Except for the Red Hawks, or Super Red Hawk, or whatever that is. It just looks like a dog threw up or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that goofy barrel. Agreed. Over, over on uh, iHeartRadio. That's pretty cool. So Clover and Ghost are now over on iHeartRadio, which is a pretty major platform, mainly because it goes out to stupid television. So all these suckers that are used to watching televisions all the time and they can't afford cable or whatever, I guess, they get uh, iHeartRadio and they start watching stuff. And uh, same with radio, right? You watch, you can listen to all kinds of radio stations and stuff on it. So I think that's pretty cool because both those guys are doing pretty high quality, good production value, um, you know, tagging their stuff well. Uh, so instead of just putting like you know slop up there, they're putting some decent stuff that I think is going to appeal to people who might not be seeking it, but when they stumble across it, they're going to be, you know, satisfied with what those guys are putting out there. And I honestly think those guys are better than some of the other stuff that's already on the platforms because some of that other stuff is so raucous or rowdy or whatever you want to call it, like trying to have such a good time that um, I don't necessarily think they're the same ambassador for gun, or for gun ownership or whatever. So I'm really psyched to see Clover and Ghost up there adding their flavor. Like they're, uh, I don't want to call it PG-13, but they're like more on target, like, you know, focused, I guess is the word, uh, content. Looking forward to how well they do over there. Let's see, we got Gizzards all happy that Donut Lovers following him, I guess. Oh, it's because he got... He was number 357. That's just pretty cool. But Gary didn't want to jump in today, probably so that he can vote for his out there. Is he watching? Oh, he's probably asleep. Yeah, he just blew us off today. He didn't care about this. Did I already throw Rick's thing out into the chats? I think I did, but I'm not doing it anyway. So yeah. Rick is trying to get the hell out of Rhode Island. He's got seven CCWs or eight CCWs right now. He's got some interesting uh, stories to tell. I'm hoping that he'll do like a series on what it was like to acquire each of those seven or eight CCWs that he's got. This where we were. So there's our show today. Is that it? <laughs> our Slim's rig. Gary wearing the clover hat. And then I think that was it. Yeah, now we're back into old ones. So now we get to vote. Who's the best picture on the Instagrams? Uh, Slim with the uh, case for his gun right there. The glass. Yeah, the glass case he made. Where did I pass it right here? Yep. Right, so there's one vote, I think. 
Um, I'm going to say Dead Horse's little puppy. Uh-oh. Here it goes. We got another little puppy here. Let's. We, I think we blew right past Slim's uh, Boston. But it's also, what is that? Prisma? Prisma or something. So I don't need, think you need to Prisma in Boston. But anyway, little cow puppy. Um, taters. Uh, dead horse's dog. <laughs> cow puppy? Cow puppy, yep. Snob? I have to go with obnoxious as GP100 just because I missed that gun. Right on. So that was way up at the top. There's a lot of dogs this today, too. I saw but, your bacon pancakes pick midnight, but you didn't tag hashtag daily gun show in it. Yeah, if you don't tag it, then it doesn't exist to us. It probably doesn't even exist. Um, Ellis. I got to go with those GP100s, too. Uh oh. Now we got a tie. This one? Yep. We have two for this one, two for the cow puppy, and one for the glass case. Well, you know where my boat's going, little cow puppy. <laughs> oh, there she is. I hope to be rubbing this little dog's belly in approximately a month-ish, something like that. Yep. So uh, she'll get sniffed by some bigger white dog, and then she'll get her belly rubbed. So yeah, very cool. So you win. There you go. Do I have to even type it in here? Good. Might have been rigged, but what are you going to do? He's been around for a while to, uh, to, uh, to rig it. And even knew Angelina wasn't here, otherwise we would have put orange ribbons on her. Yeah. All right, so that took a little while to blow through, but we uh, didn't do it for a couple of weeks, so that's what you get. So every Wednesday we try to, like Pink said earlier, we try to go through Instagram, find the people that have used the hashtag show. So exercise and having a little fun and, and hopefully getting people to use their cameras. I mean, videos are great and all that, and writing stuff is valid. But pictures tell a thousand words. Pictures are fun. Phones are super easy to use. There's all kinds of filters and things like we kind of talked about a little bit. Uh, you know, getting the, um, what do they call that, when you kind of stage the picture in order to tell a story. You know, there's all those aspects that make picture, taking pictures not just fun, but it gives you something to to you know, to improve on, like you can see what other people are doing. So I really dig the Instagram platform, uh, but also when we need it, when we need to be able to take a picture of something that's important and get it out there, you don't want to be fumbling around and like, how do I use Instagram for the first time, right? Get fluent with these stupid programs. All these software platforms are made for little kids. Uh, they're made for, you know, to be as easy as possible. You don't have to learn any language. You just kind of push buttons and look for little icon things. So uh, don't be hesitant. Don't be scared of this tech, baby stuff. Go figure it out, master it. But we uh, own these tools, and when we need them to be tools for us, they aren't tools against us only. You know, we can. Uh, we've stole hashtags off of Instagram before. If everybody remembers a few years back when it was the teachers or somebody decided to do the we're unloading. They thought it would be a cool idea to, uh, to demand that their. Uh, what do they call them? Mutual funds that their teacher fucking unions were invested in. They demanded as the fucking recipients of these funds that the that the mutual funds remove any firearms companies from their their rosters or whatever. And they said we're unloading, like we're unloading the gun companies from our fucking bloated, you know, your uh, government. Uh, what do you call them? Uh, whatever. And a bunch of people on YouTube. 
a bunch of people on Instagram took the I'm unloading and turned it into one of ours. We own that one now. If you search I'm unloading, it's nothing but gun picks and Snoop Doggy Dog and then a bunch of dumb teachers who are pouting because they don't know how to use the internet. So I think it's valid that um, you know this kind of exercise and playing around is fun, but hopefully we're all acquiring skills, just like going to the range and having some fun recreationally shooting. You're still you know learning your tool, you're learning how to shoot, you're experiencing malfunctions and whatever manipulations are necessary to get it back to operation in a non-stressful, chill environment so that when you need it, it's second nature and you're not playing around with your tools. You're worried about your strategy and your and your uh, actions. So anyway, there's a little ulterior motive to doing it each week. And it you know, helps promote the show, which is kind of good too, I suppose. I just have to take a seven, second to prove Midnight wrong because he's saying, yes, he did put that. But if you look, there is nowhere on there does it say hashtag Daily Gun Show Midnight. Right. So there's two different ways to tag on Instagram. One is on the image itself. Like if you were to click on his image, will it show you all the ones that he's tagged in the image? I don't know if it does it on the computer. No, I think it does on my phone. But you know what I'm talking about? So there's yeah. that tagging. That will not alert the hashtag. That will only alert the channel that you did it. So when you want the hashtag to be tagged, you have to put it in the description of the thing, like where you say hashtag bacon pancakes, making bacon pancakes. You would have had to put the hashtag daily gun show in there for it to show up on our screen over here. So just uh, maybe a misunderstanding of which tag we're talking about. Because I, honestly, I think when Instagram considers a tag, they think of putting it on the image. They call that a tag. So it just might be literally a jargon. I've also seen some people like they do a daily gun show and then the daily gun show oh that's a good point yeah we're not the daily gun show it's just daily gun show we didn't need no done we're not the seventh one to use the name we're the fucking first ones to use the name so it's just the real name although those do look pretty good that's the one that we uh, made the patch out of i think it looks like it um they might look good but remember midnight made them he farts on screen I'm told. I'm told by emotions that that's what happens. Now you can go back later. He said I went back later and added added it. You definitely can. In fact, there's people that have done that while we're on the show. Uh, they'll add the hashtag and it'll pop up and be in our list. So it's possible to uh, wait until the last possible second to we're actually doing the showdown and then still get in the list and win. David saying, uh, have they won? I don't know if anybody's ever snuck in at the last minute and won, but they might have. It's been 600 shows. Well, I guess no. How many? 600 divided by 7, or divided by 5. So there's been at least 100 hashtag showdown opportunities. We probably haven't done it every time. So they would have to uh, add the tag right before you pull up the screen. That way. That's true. Like, or I'd have to, like, sometimes I'll click it wrong and I'll have to refresh. And make right. it sneak in there that way. But yeah, I'd have to refresh it. Uh, Order Panda is asking what the hell a pancake fart is. Midnight will have to explain that to you because it's his thing. <laughs> um, David's saying he's learned a lot of things from technology and computers just from hanging out. That's what it's all about, man. I do this every single day because we are the ones that are going to change the fucking world. We're not going to let one guy who represents hundreds of us or thousands of us or hundreds of thousands of us change the fucking world. We do it. And uh, do it using tools that uh, are available to us. So let's learn them. There's a pancake fart. 
right. I, I also wanted to put in there that like if people go back and try to uh, add that hashtag to pictures that were taken four days ago um, doesn't Instagram um, put them in chronological order so like we're used to the picture you stopped on tonight yeah, still shows up four days ago yeah right I mean but uh, what I'm saying is it'll be down in the middle of the pictures that we just went through tonight right in other words, like if you did one seven days or let's say 17 days ago, we wouldn't even see it because even though it would be in the list, it would be 17 days ago in the list. Yes. Right. Seven days. Okay. So then if that's an issue, go get the repost app and repost your own pick on your own channel. And then yep. we'll come up again right now. Mm -hmm. But there's not that many people even doing the hashtag. I doubt there's that many people trying to do it the last minute. All right. So next is our gun shop of the day call it a daily gun show we do this every single day so that we can feature a gun shop every day gun shops are the backbone of the second amendment they are the only places that are now federally legal to transfer firearms across state lines if we don't have gun shops we don't have transfers of firearms we don't have gun shops we don't have lots of stuff and there are water holes there are uh, water coolers whatever the hell you want to call it our drinking fountains it's where we as a community get to come together and chat Every once in a while, there's a gun show in an area, but you all know or you are one of the people that think gun shows suck. So those are quickly going away. And antis hate gun shows. Gun shows allow gun shops to work more than in their own brick-and-mortar facilities. They have an urgent need to remove all gun shows. So uh, they're uh, on a massive attack. If you pay attention to gun show on Instagram, for example, uh, just search gun show every once in a while on any social media platform, I suppose. You're going to see a lot of venues under attack uh, by um, or the local uh, governments that, you know, oh, there's liability or there's some potential issue, even though there's never been any issues, uh, they they see it as an easy target, an easy way to drop uh, another gun thing from their, uh, you know, sit with their area. And uh, too many gun owners hate gun shows. They just don't like them for whatever reason. They don't respect them. They don't like them. They don't gain anything from it. So they're willing to let them go away. And that's frustrating. So we like to focus on those. We like to focus on the shops, which, like I say, are the backbone of our culture. And this was one from basically East Phoenix. It's called Apache Junction. I call it Phoenix, but the people up there think that they have suburbs. So uh, it's just East Phoenix. And Jimmy showed me this one. Uh, Jimmy James, one of the co-hosts of the show back in the day. Um, this was kind of north of where he was staying at the time. So uh, we went up, and it was a neat shop. You can see it's like in a strip center. The owners of the shop own the whole strip center. Nobody wanted the the slot next to this pet grooming thing because there's always like dogs crying because they're getting their fingernails cut or like getting washed and they don't like it. So they're howling and, you know, it's like a vet uh, or something. You know, there's always dogs making noise. Uh, so they just stuck their shop there. So uh, it's kind of cool. And you can see from the, some of the other pictures, it's not the biggest shop. It's probably a thousand square foot um, location. And uh they did a pretty good job of keeping it, I guess, unique by putting the yellow walls up, which allow you to really see the silhouette of the guns, which is kind of cool. But then they had some metal signs, which not too many of the shops in Phoenix. I think I've never experienced a shop in Phoenix that had uh, the metal signs as like a feature. So that's kind of neat. Sets them apart. And they do some other things. They do some uh, community stuff. They raise uh, like stuff for kids going to school. So like backpacks and uh and trans and all the stuff kids need uh, they do stuff like that as fundraisers 
and like community, you know, be a part of their local community there. And this is out west in Phoenix where this is one of the furthest west gun shops. So as you get into the fringes out here in cities, uh, they become horse properties, larger and larger acreages and people that own horses hang out on them. So it's just, you know, sparse and there's not as many, uh, what do you call it, businesses around. So this is one of the last businesses you're going to pass, one of the last uh, gun shops for sure on your way out to either go out to the desert and go hunting or shooting or whatever. So um, I think they picked a, a decent location, but not necessarily the you know, the most busy location in Phoenix or anything. So it's neat to see a shop like that that isn't just frustrated or pouting because they're not, you know, right on the main street, but instead doing stuff to bring people in. So I've been following them. I usually follow the shops that I visit if they're on Instagram or something. Uh, I'll usually follow them. And then this is a shop that actually does stuff once in a while that lets people know about their events and things. And like I say, they really are active in their local community. So it's, again, one of the things that make a gun shop visible to their people. And then uh, in the process, not only are they making some money, hopefully, but they're there. And now some little kid knows there's a gun shop there, even if their parents aren't into guns or, you know, they're not interested themselves. At least they know a gun shop is is another thing just like the dog grooming place next door or the weird yoga place that's down the way or the place that sells some kind of milkshake you know it's just another store so all of that's part of the normalization or the renormalization of firearms in the area so one of the reasons we like to look at the gun shops each day and with that i'm sick of talking so if you guys want to bring anything else up otherwise we're ending it um i know there's a lot of nice shops there in phoenix what's up I said, I know there's a lot of nice shops there in Phoenix. I visited quite a few when I was there for a couple of days. When do you think you'll be back in Phoenix? Are you going to come out for SHOT Show or something again? Uh, probably. Um, we're trying to decide where we're flying into. We don't know, you know what part of the country we're going to. I kind of like just uh, fly into Phoenix again. Spend a little bit more time there. Maybe drive south and uh, visit some of those uh, places you were talking about. One thing I'd like to bring up, G, is uh, carry insurance. I signed up today for uh, USCCA. Uh, guys, if something does happen, you do have to pull that trigger. You want to be covered. Think about it. There's a book called The Santa Shooter by a guy named Marcus Allen Weldon. It's a local guy. I've met him a couple times uh, from Detroit, and i after reading that book, you will absolutely want carry insurance. The guy was uh, charged with seven different felonies in a self when he was when he drew his gun in a self defense situation, and uh, yeah, that's the story of the whole the whole incident. Yeah, I, I uh, made up my mind last week that. Um, as soon as I got paid again, I was going to go ahead and, and get the insurance. You know, it's just better to be safe than sorry. You know, if you're going to carry a gun, do it responsibly. We all do that. But you also have to think if we have to use said gun, can we afford to get ourselves out of all the trouble that we're going to be in afterwards? Well, they say every bullet's $50,000 that comes out of that gun. <laughs> It actually ended up costing this dude like $54,000. Funny you say that. Between 
because he had to he had to you know pay lawyers and court fees. He and then it wasn't just the money that he had to pay; he was out of work because he was under house arrest or whatever the whole time. So, uh, so ten or twelve bucks a month is pretty cheap for whichever well, you choose. I went with their gold package, and it's twenty two dollars a month, which that's not too bad. Even I can, with my limited funds, I can handle that. Um, but look around. If the USCCA isn't what you're uh, looking for, in fact, I'll know you one better than that. Ghost Tactical put out a video a few months back on carry insurance. Watch that video. No. Uh, and he's got some great information in there. It's a good primer. He did go through five of them. He only went through insurance, though, and there's different things to be to have or to use. So there's he went through some of the insurance carriers, and he talked about the difference in pricing, uh, but there's more to it than that. It's when they pay you and how they pay you. So um, you know, think of insurance. Normally they're going to reimburse you for something. So there's insurance that once you're found guilty and everything's done, they reimburse you for lawyer's fees. There's types of coverage that will drop money on you as soon as you call them the first time, and then you pay them back. There's insurance that's prepaid legal. It's not really insurance, but prepaid legal. So there's also the aspect of it where do they have a bunch of lawyers or are they a bunch of lawyers or will they pay you back for a lawyer and it's up to you to keep one on a retainer or know where you're at if you're traveling and you're not like you know let's say you do have a lawyer you find out that your state has a good ccw lawyer you've got his card you're covered and then you go to wisconsin for something do you know you get a leave force incident there uh does the place that you're insured with or they're covered by have lawyers on retainer all over do they have a network of lawyers are they lawyers so there's so much more to it and uh just it's like not like car insurance where pretty much all car insurance covers this that and the other thing and it's all about how much they charge for it or if they actually cover 100 percent of this that, and the other um there's a lot to the concealed carry because it's uh it's not insurance ever it's actually never insurance because some technical legal thing it's all called something else because of the legal aspect to it or something but um definitely something that i agree that you'd probably want to be aware of and potentially have but i encourage everyone to do some actual into it because there are plenty of people that attempt to describe it all but even when lawyers describe it it can get complicated so it's one of those things that you want to watch multiple multiple breakdowns and I tend to find that kind of stuff better reading it because they'll they'll give you like bullet points and you can scroll back up and down the page and get it kind of all situated where a video seems to be more like a you know here's here's a narrative of it and sure you can back you can go backwards in a video but I uh, find that that for me it was easier to decipher it all uh, in black and white and uh, I personally think the best description of it all is from the place that I go with which is uh, um, what is it the uh, Mm, Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network. So it's Marty Hayes and Masada Yub, a bunch of um, expert witnesses and lawyers that came together after decades of experiencing and being called as an expert witness to court cases. Uh, they decided to not insure anybody, but instead help people immediately. You 
find something happens, you're in a lethal force thing, you, you make a phone call, there's a lawyer and money to get you out of jail. Then you pay back the, the, the fund. So you pay $175 a year, or 125 or whatever it is, you're in the, the network. As soon as you something happens, you're out of jail and there's lawyers helping you no matter where you are. And if it's something that's worthy, you're going to have Masada Yuvin court with you. You're going to have other expert witnesses that have been doing this for decades. And it's not like, oh, what's his face or Ralph something or another, you know, is somebody we heard is good. So um, anyway, they have on their website a really good breakdown because they're different, because they're a, a legal defense network or fund, they help describe to their potential customers or members what the breakdown is of the different types of insurance. And it's not I mean, it's definitely biased because they saw that this was a better way to go they, in their experience, but um, they try to attempt to describe what the different types of difference between like insurance and prepaid and the other options that are out there is like three or four major options typically. And then you get to things that are like the Texas Law Shield, which are, again, a little bit different. So uh, I agree, there's lots of confusion or lots of stuff to weed out there. What I'd encourage you to do if you're listening to this show and you consider yourself a creator at all, go through, figure out what you can figure out, do like what goes to it and make a video because then it contributes to the conversation and people can say, hey, thanks for putting that out there. Now, let me ask you this question about this specific part or in three minutes you said this, you know, clarify that. Well, that's why I picked second call defense as I looked at several of them whenever I was getting it. And that was one of the ones that was, it's a foundation you pay into and they give you the money to get out of jail and all that up front. You don't have to get reimbursed for it. Anything else? Ed or she got anything coming up? What are you going to make David do tomorrow? Um. <laughs> Uh, David's uh, currently depriming a whole bunch of brass and cleaning a whole bunch of brass, and then he's going to be trimming brass. I have a awesome jig coming, so I'm going to be doing some shows of doing uh, 80% lowers live on the fly, so people will be able to ask questions and stuff. And uh, you know, so um, I don't I don't know if anyone's ever done an 80% lower live before, but we're going to be doing several of them. Right on. Now, I just I don't want to get him in trouble, but David is over there chatting on the text chat. So it sounds like you should be doing reloading. So I won't tell my uh, dead horse that you're over here doing that. But <laughs> uh, Pink, anything coming up? Going to you're going to you're going to drive over to the uh, Governance Policy Conference in a couple of days? No, I won't be able to. Uh, closing on my house is coming up. So I'll what about the 15th? No, the Oh, bullpup. Nah, I probably won't be able to make it. Okay. Um, haters, anything coming up? Uh, not that I can think of. Right on. Anybody doing a show after this tonight? Since both of the two nighttime hosts happen to be in here right now. You want to, Dead Horse, or you want me to? Uh, go for it, man. All right, yeah. There will be a tater tube. Lobby. Right on. So if anybody's not familiar, if you're listening to this in the future, some people do, or if you're listening to this on uh, the iTunes or one of the other platforms, gunchannels.com is a community that we built a while back. It's going on its fifth year. 
and uh, it's just a place to hang out online and uh, there's live stuff like this that happens we're reading the comments from the people that are participating uh, while we're live and uh, there's other shows that are on and after this one taters is going to run a chat so again if you're listening to this in the future then head over to gunchannels.com more than likely whenever it is you might be listening to this there's something live going on over at gun channels if not live you're going to find a lot of the creators will post their stuff over there so you can monitor what kind of things are going on in their projects and uh anybody who's listening live jump over to gun channels and join us chat live it's more of an open format room where you can jump in and just no topics and you know i'm not moving the thing along which is bullshit um thanks for doing that really appreciate it It definitely makes gun channels a, a community i mean i could put code up there and i could put ads on it and i could charge seven dollars a month to be a member and then I don't know get paid to put a bunch of product up or something that would be boring and shitty so you guys that actually do stuff and then the people that join the conversations is what makes it alive it makes it a thing so i really appreciate your guys effort stop anything coming up um not really i guess i'll do a live show this saturday at 9 p.m eastern sounds good and uh, we'll be looking forward to that because we don't get enough stuff on Saturday. We used to have a Moon and Smeggy show, but both of them quit in, you know, caring about guns or the Second Amendment, and they went off to do other things, probably hanging out with the women. Speaking of hanging out with women, Outlaw, Ellis, what's happening? You got anything coming up? Uh, not a whole lot, man. I've uh, got my show coming up Monday night. I might do a late-night show sometime this week, so I'll be looking for that. Do it. I find that when you just do stuff like us, like just stab the internet with your live stuff, they enjoy it more than when you're just like, I'm going to be here every Thursday or I'm going to be here every Saturday or something like, I'm going to be here. You're just getting stabbed with a live show. I think that's the way to go. Speaking of that, I got my live stuff back. So gun websites can go live again. Congratulations. I'm going to go live and get in trouble again. I've, the longest I've been able to stay live since 2017. No, it's 2000. Since this time, 2018. So a year ago. No, 17. Yeah. So a year ago, I've been live for like a total of 18 days. Or I've had live for like a total of 18 days. Usually every nine, nine days after they give it back, they take it away. So we'll see. I have something like 4,000 videos private uh, that I kind of trickle over to GunStreamer. And uh, they knock me on them. They give me community strikes or whatever they're called, uh, channel strikes for, like, the last one was for a shotgun. Uh, it was 1897 or whatever shotgun that I take apart and I put it back together on a table. Not, not at the range. Never shoot it or nothing. Took it apart, put it back together. Three months worth of YouTube jail. I couldn't go live. So they're obviously trying to squelch our voices or this air, but whatever. I got my channel back for a minute. And I'll go abuse it until they give it, you know, take it away again. But I'm probably going to try to be uh, civil with it this time because I'm the reason I have a channel, the reason I don't just throw it away is it's got 160 something thousand subs. And we're about to be heading to the gun rights policy conference. So ideally, I'll be live with 160,000, at least 160,000 people will be alerted that I'm live. And some of them will watch and some of them will decide that the Second Amendment is actually interesting. And then, uh, I don't know worth something so uh i don't know i'll try not to abuse it between now and the 22nd and then i'll abuse it again because i like to poke youtube but uh 
Yeah, so they I'll be live a couple of times, and I'm I'm most, I'll just stab those live shows out there, especially since I'll be driving. I'll just get bored and pull over and go live. So that way you have to keep keep your wits about you. you never know when it's going to happen. Uh, it won't be good though, so it's probably not worth paying attention to. Uh, anything else? I think that's it. We did kind of blew off history, but we're also two hours into it today. So I blame all of you for taking too long on the uh, hashtag thing. Could have gone a lot faster. We'll uh, get a new group of hosts in here, and we'll be faster next time. So uh, I don't know. Does anybody have a quote for tonight? Yeah, I got one. Hopefully it's quick because we're way over time. Yep. The more corrupt the state, the more numerous the laws. The good one. Oh, you know what? I need to put the volume up and push the Guys and gals of gunwebsites.com encourage you to take a CCW class every year, practice at least once a month, and carry every day. Thanks for watching gunwebsites.com.